Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by Run Your Pool. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash lockdown or use our promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Lockdown Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase joining you on the Saturday edition of the show. Guys, it's episode number five this week of five. Download it into your phone wherever you subscribe to your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Videos posting on the daily throughout the week all year long and on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DiBiaseLOE, and my co-host Gino Camilleri. He's on Twitter at GC24 underscore football. Today is our final show of the week before the next Eagles game day. They take on the Kansas City Chiefs tomorrow at 1 o'clock at Lincoln Financial Field. And of course, the final episode of the week is always Locked On QB1, where we dive into the performance of the Eagles starting quarterback week after week and take a look at their next matchup as well. Last year, the show was called Wentz Wednesday. This year, it's called Locked On QB1. It could have been Hurts Day on Thursdays, but of course, Thursdays are for crossovers on the Locked On Podcast Network. And again, if you did miss our crossover with Chris from Locked On Chiefs, you can go check out that show from Thursday. We did a tribute to LaShawn McCoy, who retired as a member member of the Philadelphia Eagles on Friday. I did a McCoy podcast yesterday. Uh, Stock up, stock down on Tuesday. We had four other shows this week. So again, find those wherever you get your podcast. But today we're going to dive into Jalen Hurts, his performance on Monday night against the Dallas Cowboys and the potential for a bounce back game against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, guys, like this schedule is going to get tougher and tougher. Jalen Hurts is going to play better and better teams. This isn't a better defense. The Chiefs' defense actually is pretty bad. They're 31st against the run this year, so Hurts and his legs and Miles Sanders have an opportunity to bounce back in that area. But at the same time, like this is another challenge against a quarterback that's going to put up points, that's going to throw the football, and you're going to have to be able to keep up. Even though it's against a bad defense, he, I mean, it was the same thing against Dallas, and Hertz was not able to keep up against Dak Prescott. So far through three games against Atlanta, San Francisco, and Dallas, it's been getting, I mean, it started so high for Jalen, and it's just been taking a, a slow step down each time. Well, I should say a slow step down from the Falcons game to the 49ers game, and then a rapid decline against the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night. So far through three games, Jalen Hurts, for me, in this season-long audition to be QB1, He's not done enough to show the Eagles he is the long-term answer at the quarterback position. And what a brutal performance it was from Hurts against Dallas. It showed everything that I had reservations about with Hurts and his long-term prospects this offseason. It showed all the weaknesses that made him lose his job to Tua at Alabama and have to transfer to Oklahoma. And even after taking a step as a passer at Oklahoma, being a Heisman finalist, He was still only a second-round pick with, by the way, Daniel Jeremiah said that most teams actually had a fourth or fifth-round evaluation on Jalen, that the Eagles were actually a lot higher on Hurts than most teams. All the weaknesses that made those things the case and made him more so a high-end backup 
just like a solid starter you can get by with rather than being a franchise guy, those all reared their ugly heads against Dallas on Monday night. And it made me, and I think it makes the Eagles doubt his upside. It was the first true test where the Eagles were down big against a top quarterback and a top offense that was producing. And the Eagles needed him to carry them and win with high volume and high efficiency in the passing game. And he just, he simply could not do it. He couldn't do it. And it's not a coincidence that you look at through seven starts, four interceptions from Jalen Hurts have come in just those two games at Jerry World. And that isn't to me a coincidence. Why? Those are the games they were down by a lot. Those were the games they needed Jalen Hurts to throw the football 40 plus times and just carry them to a win and match what the Cowboys offense was doing. And through those two games, especially in the second half, he was not able to get them back in contention. He could not bring them back when it was on his shoulders, when he had to throw them into that game. And that's the thing. Like When you're winning a game, when you have a lead, Jalen Hurts can be a great asset for you to bury a team. Right, because of how good he is with his mobility. And when a defense breaks down in that area, when they're pressing, when they're down big and they're trying to force a turnover, that's when Jalen Hurts can really thrive, right? I think he's a great quarterback to have when you're winning a football game. But the big question is when you're down by multiple scores and you need him to pull off those kind of comebacks we see the greats do time and time again, like the guy the Eagles are playing on Sunday in Patrick Mahomes. Just look at that, you know, uh, 2019 divisional round against Houston, against Deshaun Watson. Does Jalen Hurts have that kind of elevation in him? Not just with his legs, because that's not enough, but as a passer, he didn't show it again against the Cowboys. And so to me, it's not a coincidence that the majority of his interceptions have come in those kind of situations and games and they've been against Dallas and Dallas has some of the best offense the Eagles defense has had to guard the last two years since Hertz got drafted in the second round he wasn't able to come back when I felt like the manufactured touches couldn't always save you and look guys I get the reservations about Nick Sirianni's play calling the last two weeks it hasn't been good there was no pre-snap motion in that game. And when you have receivers like Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, what pre-snap motion can do is so beneficial to a team with that kind of speed, getting them into open space. And especially when you don't have proven weapons yet, there's a lot of upside with those guys, nothing proven yet. Pre-snap motion helps them get open. Watch the Kansas City Chiefs. Watch their film. Watch what they're going to do on Sunday. They live in pre-snap motion with Tyree Kill and Mecole Hardman and Travis Kelsey. Even with Patrick Mahomes, they use pre-snap motion all the time. So the fact that Nick Sirianni didn't do that, the fact that he didn't use Miles Sanders more, who's having a hell of a start to the 2021 season, he's averaging more yards per carry on first down than any running back in the NFL. The fact that he didn't do those things, and the fact that against San Francisco, the short-term play calling in the red zone also continues to be an issue is concerning. And that's definitely going to hold back a young quarterback like Jalen Hurts and a young offense. The other thing that held him back too, the offensive line is getting brutally battered and injured again for the second straight year. So it's not all on Jalen Hurts. But at the same time, I was getting sick of this week again. I felt like the pressure was more on Nick Sirianni. The attention was more on what Sirianni wasn't doing rather than Jalen Hurts. And this was the same case last year and honestly through the majority of 2019 when it came to it was all about Doug Peterson 
and and of course Carson Wentz too. But it was it wasn't really about what the roster didn't have, what the general manager wasn't doing. I'm just getting sick of people acting like the play calling and the coach is always the biggest issue in Philadelphia. The play calling, they act like a lot of people. I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people are saying the play calling is supposed to make up for like everything. As if pre-snap motion and creative play calling is going to make Jalen Rager meet his upside. I mean, yes, can it help an offense? 100%. That game against Atlanta was the perfect example. But it can't be everything. The players eventually have to go out there and play. They have to make plays. They have to execute. Because you're not always going to trick a defense in the NFL. A lot of the time, they're going to know what's coming. You're not reinventing the wheel. Like There's going to be a lot of concepts they have seen week after week after week. And eventually, your execution is just going to have to beat out their execution. Your personnel affects the play calling. If they can't execute, it doesn't matter what you call. And when you have bad personnel, by the way, it's harder to be creative. Even when the simple stuff doesn't work, how are you supposed to set up anything else? So yes, has Nick Sirianni's play calling been bad? 100%. But the personnel is also affecting that significantly. And so the one can here's the thing again, has Sirianni's play calling been bad? Yeah. Was Doug Peterson's play calling bad last year? 100%. Was it not creative in 2019? 100%. But guess what? The Eagles have a new coach and it's that same issue two years in a row. Here's an idea. Maybe your roster, maybe your general manager sucks. Maybe your general manager isn't picking good players to execute on the football field. So a coach has to carry them when he's not playing. Maybe your roster and your general manager are the bigger problem. I'm not saying both things can't be a problem because we're not, we don't live in a black and white world. Nick Sirianni's play calling is 100% an issue. But the bigger issue, the consistent issue, on not just offense, but on defense, with the fact that this Eagles team still has no significant linebacker presence on the football field. The secondary at safety, not good enough because Howie Roseman is passing on drafting guys like Jeremiah Uusu Koromoa and he's passing on linebacker in the first two rounds every single year. And he's passing on a guy like Asante Samuel who is rookie of the month for a guy in Landon Dickerson that's already had four significant injuries and by the way, he's got a hip injury again and he might not play tomorrow against the Chiefs. Maybe the consistent problem and the biggest problem is the guy upstairs that's been with you for 10 years And the issues remain the same. That cycle, that circle, the pattern continues. So that is the bigger problem. Maybe the bigger problem is your quarterback that can't elevate your offense enough. The quarterback that this general manager took in the second round to be a backup, not thinking about the ramifications it would have on your actual real franchise quarterback that proved in these situations, he could elevate you. He had done it the entire year before you drafted Jalen Hurts and pulled all that progress away from him. So maybe the bigger issue, the consistent issue is the general manager. And yet Howie Roseman continues to get away, not scot-free. He gets criticism, but Nick Sirianni is the head coach. And look, that's just how it is going to be in Philadelphia, and that's how it is in the NFL. The head coach gets a lot, most of the blame, When, but I think he shouldn't be getting most of the blame. The bigger blame right now is on Howie Roseman, and it's on Jalen Hurts. So that, to me, is the bigger problem, and I thought that was the case again on Monday night in Dallas. Yeah, Sirianni, more more pre-snap motion. Got to run the football more. But in that situation, you just need your players to play. Like, there wasn't anything your play calling was going to be able to do when you're down by 20-plus. 
You got you need your guys. They need to make plays. You got to put them in the right situation, but they have to help you out too. It goes both ways. Louis DiBiase joining you right here on Lockdown QB1, one of our most popular shows on Lockdown Eagles as we dive into the quarterback position and specifically Jalen Hurts. Guys, today's show is brought to you by GetUpside. It's an incredible app everybody who buys gas needs to know about. GetUpside, my listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon in cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot, as like I do, are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, just download the free GetUpside app and use our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon in cash back on your first tank. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back in to this Saturday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked on Eagles. Louis DiBiase joining you. This is Locked on QB1. We're diving into Jalen Hurts, his issues against the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. What's to come this Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs? Jalen Hurts against Patrick Mahomes. Another test for Hurts going up against a star quarterback. Can he match that quarterback's production? Can he prove to Philadelphia that he can eventually be that kind of guy for this organization? And if not, you're going to see a vast difference between these two. I mean, the Eagles are playing the best quarterback in the league right now on Sunday. And so we'll see how big the gap looks between Hurts and a guy like that in Mahomes. We were talking about play calling at the end of segment one. Um, And I have a theory on the play calling and why it's been the way it has the last two weeks against San Francisco and against Dallas, and also the run-pass ratio last week. So obviously they were down big, so they were going to have to throw the football 99.9% of the time. Did I have an issue that Miles Sanders only carried the ball like twice? Yeah, of course. Like you, you, The balance doesn't have to be 50-50. I'd rather have it be 70-30, but... It can't be 99% to 1%, right? So I understand that. But for me, I feel like the game situation didn't really matter at that point running the football. Like, you only, the only way you're going to get back in that game is throwing it. Um, and so that was part of it. But here's the other theory I have when it comes to the style of play calling and that run pass ratio specifically. Chris Sims the other day, when talking about, you know, the Deshaun Watson trade rumors are heating back up again, the Eagles aren't currently involved. But Sims said that Jeffrey Lurie has signed off on a potential trade for Deshaun Watson with Howie Roseman. And he was talking about that, and then he mentioned Jalen Hurts and how because of that Watson rumor and because the NFL trade deadline is halfway through the year, that they're trying to, quote, throw everything at Jalen Hurts right now in case they need to know by the deadline what maybe to do at quarterback. They're trying to speed up this process even faster than giving Hurts only one year because even giving a young quarterback only one year isn't the smartest thing to do for his development. But for the Eagles, with all the assets they have next year, they already had to kind of rush this process, especially considering... They didn't plan for Jalen Hurts to be the franchise quarterback. They want him to be, but they don't have that expectation. And so with the assets they have, with the quarterbacks available, it was already going to be a sped up thing where it was a short leash. But if they want to potentially get back in this Watson trade, they might need to know about Hurts. They might need to make a conclusion within the next four weeks, within the next month. 
And so what I'm thinking, obviously that's not fair. But again, they're speeding up this evaluation process with the assets they have coming up. I think what they're doing is what Sim said, throwing everything at Jalen Hurts. To me, that means in the form of seeing what he can do and what he can't do by carrying this team as a high-volume passer. And that's why I think you saw the last two weeks the Eagles are using him less as a runner. The pre-snap motion thing, that can't happen. Like, even if you have a proven quarterback, I mean, the Chiefs do it with Mahomes all the time. You need to help your players get open more. But I think why it's been more on Hurts' shoulders and why they're doing things less in a manufactured way like they did against Atlanta, and they're, they're kind of, it feels like, taking the training wheels off, is because they want to see they want to see what Jalen Hurts can do. It's kind of sink or swim time already. And that's not smart to properly develop a quarterback. Like if this was your first overall pick that you're developing, right? Uh, a Trey Lance even or a Justin Fields, a guy that has a crazy skill set, but he's raw and you want to develop him, this is not the right way to go about it. And it's not the right way to go about it with Jalen Hurts either. Patience would be the way to go. Again, bringing him along slower. That would be the better way to do it. But again, the Eagles aren't willing to give Jalen Hurts that time. They can't afford it. And is he the one worth being patient for instead of the guys you could acquire soon with the assets you have? They're not willing to give him multiple years to develop. They might not even be willing to give him this season. They'd probably rather go acquire somebody else with more upside and a better skill set and properly develop him the right way. Whereas Jalen Hurts, they're giving him an opportunity. Of course, it's kind of you know a backhanded opportunity because they're not really helping him a whole lot. But that's, to me, what the fact is, is that they're trying to see what just his skill set alone, what he can elevate before they make, their, make up their mind. And again, it's a unique situation. And again, it's not the best situation to be in. And it's not fair to Jalen Hurts, the expectations he has this year. But I've been saying this since April, that this was going to be the case. And it's exactly playing out the way I thought it would. And we've been seeing that on the football field too the last couple weeks. So I went back to watch Jalen Hurts, by the way, against Dallas. And man, um, again, they, they threw everything at him. Dallas did. And he just, he didn't see the field good at all. Again, all the weaknesses that we have reservations about, like they reared its ugly head. He did not see the field good at all. People were kind of hating on Devontae Smith, especially after Thursday night, seeing Jamar Chase kill it again. But Devontae Smith was getting open on Monday. Quez Watkins was getting open. Jalen Rager was creating separation pretty consistently. The tight ends were getting open. There were plays to be had. Jalen Hurts just was not seeing it. And it was kind of the same issues as to why he wasn't seeing it. His processing was slow. He was throwing the ball late. His patience in the pocket was not there. He left the pocket way too early again. Again, he was late to everything. And the issue with Jalen Hurts, when he is a second too late, like you look at that Devontae Smith drop in the second half against Dallas. Should Devontae Smith have caught that ball? Yeah, it was right in his hands. But at the same time, if Jalen Hurts threw that ball half a second earlier, if he saw that play... The cornerback for Dallas, I think it was Trayvon Diggs, did not have a chance to touch that ball, whereas that play, because Hurts was late, became a contested play where Diggs did have his hand on the football. Smith had the upper hand. He had both hands on it, and he should have caught that ball. You got to make tough catches in the NFL, so that's on Devontae too. But Jalen Hurts was late to that play. If he sees Smith half a second earlier, that's a gain of like 15, and they move the chains for a first down. 
He doesn't have the A-plus arm. We talked about this last week. He doesn't have the A-plus arm to make up for that slow processing, being late, not throwing with anticipation. And so that's something you need to see rapidly develop this year over time. And so far, again, it's only been seven games, but so far through seven games, Jalen Hurts has not really developed in that area. Guys, today's episode of Locked On Eagles, Locked On QB1 is brought to you by a candy bar that's a protein bar. Built Bar, it is delicious, and it is a healthy alternative to that candy bar and your everyday snack. Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. You got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. You've got strawberry now, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, something for every taste bud out there. It's covered in 100% chocolate. It's soft. It's easy to chew. And again, it's healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. And there's only four to five grams of sugar in every bar. It's all the same amazing flavor of that Hershey's bar, that Snickers you go with, the Reese's cup, whatever your sweet tooth is, it's all that same jam-packed sweet flavor without any of the guilt. Best of all, guys, today I can get you 15% off at Built.com when you use our promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you're going to get 15% off your order at Built.com. All right, Eagles fans, Louis DiBiase wrapping up this edition of Locked on QB1. So we're getting into Jalen Hurts. He plays the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend against Patrick Mahomes, against Andy Reid. The one and two Chiefs, they're desperate. I'm not feeling great about a win for the Eagles this week. But of course, at the same time, this defense can be had. They can take advantage and move the football. It is at home. You do have a great defensive line that can get after Patrick Mahomes. So there are advantages the Eagles have in this football game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout like it was on Monday night. I sure would hope not, but at the same time, would I pick the Eagles to win this game? Probably not. So to end the show, I was thinking about Andy Reid today because there was a report that came out I saw from, I think it was the Philadelphia Inquirer, don't quote me on that, but it was talking about how Andy Reid was consulted on the Jalen Hurts pick in 2019. It was reported the Eagles were consulting Reed about taking that chance and taking a backup quarterback in the second round, despite Carson Wentz having the year he did in 2019. He got knocked out against the Seattle Seahawks in the wild card round by that cheap shot from Jadavion Clowney. The Eagles were concerned. They're like, look, we've needed our backup quarterback every year in the playoffs since 2017. We need to do something about this. Let's talk to Andy Reed who had taken Kevin Cobb in the second round of 2007. He had brought in Michael Vick in 2009, despite having McNabb and Cobb already entrenched as the top two quarterbacks. He brought in Nick Foles in the third round in 2012, after they already had Michael Vick. He brought in Patrick Mahomes in 2017, despite having Alex Smith as a starter, who was making the playoffs consistently. Right, He had done this over and over again, bringing in high-profile High, like big name backup quarterbacks, and also, you know, high draft picks, big time college players. And so the Eagles, of course, would talk to Andy Reid about that. It would make perfect sense to want to talk to him about this kind of situation, the pros and the cons. My issue with this, they went ahead and took Hurts, just like Andy Reid would have with all the other situations he had a quarterback. But you know what the difference is? The Eagles situation was a whole lot different. They wanted and needed a good backup, which is true. The same thing of Andy Reid. But the difference is the Eagles 
wanted their quarterback situation to remain the same long-term when it comes to their starter. Like, Carson Wentz was their guy. They drafted him in the first round. He was young. He had just come off a run of his own, winning you the division in 2019. When it comes to Andy Reid, when he took Kevin Cobb, Donovan McNabb was at the end. Same thing when he brought Michael Vick, fresh out of jail in 2009. When he brought in Nick Foles in 2012, we didn't know if Michael Vick could ever stay healthy and live up to the contract they gave him after that comeback player of the year 2010 season. When he brought in Patrick Mahomes in 2017, they knew they were already capped with Alex Smith. So why Howie Roseman saw these situations the same is very bothersome to me. Like, Howie Roseman saw that, hmm, What's the consistent theme with all of these moves Andy Reid made? When he drafted Kevin Cobb, when he brought in Michael Vick, Donovan McNabb didn't last another two years. When he brought in Nick Foles in 2012, Michael Vick didn't last another two years. When he brought in Patrick Mahomes in 2017, Alex Smith didn't last another two years. In Andy Reid's situation with the quarterback position, with all those situations, that made sense that eventually that starter at the time wasn't going to be the guy. It's a huge reason Reid invested in those players. But again, the Eagles weren't in that same boat. You know, Howie Roseman should have saw that and was like, huh. His QB1, with all those situations, never lasted another two years. With Carson Wentz, they certainly wanted him to last, regardless of what they'll ever say. They wanted, they did not expect to draft Jalen Hurts to replace Carson Wentz a year later. They still expected Carson Wentz to be their quarterback for a very long time. So again, it's just that balance of, yes, wanting and needing a good backup. Andy Reid, Howie Roseman, the Eagles, the Chiefs, They know this more than anybody. I mean, even the Chiefs last year, Chad Henney had to win them that game at the end against the Browns in the divisional round. But how, and I've heard, and I know I'm beating a dead horse, I've been saying this all year, where you acquire a backup and who it is matters. It affects your QB1, and Andy Reid's history itself shows this to be true. And Howie Roseman did it anyway. And that history repeated itself. Carson Wentz, did he last another two years? No, Carson Wentz didn't even last another year. So Andy Reid was consulted on the Jalen Hurts pick, and uh, whatever he said, the Eagles took it as, all right, let's pull the trigger on this. And I don't know. I mean, obviously Carson Wentz and the situation in Indianapolis is a complete mess, but I would have tended to avoid this. And now look where the Eagles are, and uh, we'll see where they are. We'll see where they are against the Chiefs. We'll see where Jalen Hurts is and if he can kind of uh, find some redemption and go toe-to-toe with a star quarterback the way he was not able to on Monday against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On QB1 right here on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Locked On Eagles, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you after the game tomorrow. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your show. Five days a week, Monday through Friday, we are available on any podcast platform and on YouTube, and we're always talking birds on Twitter. Let us know what you think of the show at Locked On Birds, at DBSCLOE, and at GC24 underscore football. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, and let's go Birds!